Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. Thank you so much for joining us. Our second show of four this week. As we said, we are testing the boundaries, pushing the boundaries quite literally. It could be ending marriages, relationships by the end of this week. Delighted to have alongside me, I've got John Wenham back from Rio White Rose. John, it's been far too long. How are you? You well? I'm doing very well. And I mean, look, we are 11 days into this transfer window now, third of the way there. Hopefully tonight we'll hear some insight from the brilliant Lyle from Sky Sports and he will raise some of our fears that we're having so far. Absolutely, absolutely. What is it like Tottenham fans like us to lose our heads that we haven't signed a player in the 11th day of a transfer window? Now, um, I've gone so excited already that I've actually forgot our opening line. How believable, how, how crazy is that? If you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find us on iTunes, we're on Spotify and Audio Boom across a range of different audio platforms. We are, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And you also know by now, of course, we're also live on YouTube and delighted once again. We joked off here a second ago, I think... This gentleman's been with us for the last five or six years. And Joe, credit to him, he keeps on coming back and still follows our request. We've got the brilliant assistant news editor from Sky Sports News in Lowell. Thomas returning. Lowell, lovely to have you here. How are you? Lovely to be here again. Yeah, I think, like you said, five years now, something like that. So I think I've become a regular, haven't I? It's good you to be here. Good to talk to you guys again. Most certainly, mate. Lovely to have you here with us. Lyle, you know the drill with Tottenham fans. You know, all of us, we are in anticipation, hopefully, for what's going to be a busy, busy January window. And I know you're going to probably, by the end of this, bring it back down to earth, as you usually do. Um, but before we get into it, Lyle, just conscious that, um, listen, we're getting new listeners all the time. So just want to be able to give you an opportunity just to kind of give us a bit of background on you and what your role is there at Sky Sports. OK, I'm, I'm an assistant news editor at Sky Sports News. So that means working on the news desk um, in the newsroom. If you if you watch Sky Sports News and you can see the the guys um, floating around in the background, one of them's 
one of them is usually me um and it's it's um, news gathering and news editing so it's it's um yeah utilizing our contacts and reporters and all, all all our different sources and all our resources to to make sure that we're the first and last place that people go to for sports news really so um yeah that's what i do on a day-to-day basis um obviously during the transfer window my, my specialty becomes transfers i'm the transfer coordinator so it's having an overarching view of everything that we're reporting and making sure that all our reporters are uh, chasing uh, what they need to be chasing and talking to the right people and, and to make sure that we're we're on top of everything and hopefully ahead of the curve and uh, and and accurate and and, and factual and, and and entertaining and enjoyable to watch. That's that's what we're all about at Sky Sports News and hopefully hopefully we do that. Uh, I think it's been a good window so far. I think it's been quite an interesting window so far actually. I mean it's been one of the more interesting busier January windows for a while. I think. I mean, if you're obviously not talking- new. Well, not Tottenham so far, but obviously Newcastle have been dominating things and that was always going to happen, I think, um, you know, given that they've got new owners, new very wealthy owners and they're, they're, they're desperate need to stay in the league. So, you know, they were always going to be very, very busy. We've seen Villa be quite busy already. Um, you know, we're expecting Tottenham to do some stuff. We're expecting Arsenal to do some stuff. Um, you know, so some of the big clubs are getting involved. You know, I think we're seeing a little bit of a situation where we're getting out of the pandemic now and um well again not in terms of cases we're not getting out of the pandemic but certainly in terms of restrictions there's still fans in stadiums is what i mean therefore clubs are still are now earning the kind of revenues that they were before the pandemic from matches so they've got a little bit more money to spend not quite the same situation in europe at the moment so i think a lot of players in europe are seeing the premier league as a place that they like to go to now to to get you know get a new contract and play for Play for another club, you know, where perhaps the the, the clubs they're playing for, or other clubs in Europe, can't can't really attract it. You know, can't attract them at the moment, really, with the same sorts of contracts. So it's a good it's a good situation to be in if you're a Premier League club at the moment. I think you can attract a higher caliber of player than you otherwise might. So I think that's what we're seeing in this January window is is clubs trying to trying to take advantage of that situation. I think at the moment, and you know, many windows have gone by. We talked about Spurs, and I've said, you know, don't get your hopes up. Probably, maybe nothing, maybe one. Tottenham are going to do some business, I think. Tottenham, they're going to try. Um, so, you know, there you go. That's a good think, start. We are five yeah. minutes in. Tottenham will do business. We'll do yeah, business. I'll probably Thomas. be regretting saying that, won't I, by the end of the window. But that's What's what the I'm comments told. overload now. That's what I'm told anyway. So, you know, uh, they haven't done anything yet, but, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're trying on a few things. And let's see what happens. Absolutely. I'm wearing Tottenham Lily White, I've just realised as well. So hopefully I'll good luck, well, listen, No one can say the man isn't trying. He's even wearing the colours to try and push through some transfers for us. Um, there you go. Lyle, let's start as we mean to go on, because I think it's fair to say Conte has undoubtedly made his impact at Tottenham. Um, I, don't think we, I think the last time we spoke, Lyle, um, Nuno Espirito Santo was the manager. And I've actually yeah. completely blotted that out of my memory, that you ever was the Spurs manager. I'll be honest with you, I've completely yes. forgotten he was. So um, we're going to move on from Nuno very quickly before I get back into Nuno I World. most people was... will forget that he was the manager after a while. He was so <laughs> short. Yeah. It is very true. Um, right. So, I mean, listen, we've made a great start under Conte. Spurs find themselves only two points off the top four with two games in hand as things stand. Now, we understand, according to reports today, that Antonio Conte has had his transfer meeting with the likes of Daniel Levy, Fabio Paratigi, and that's understood to be fairly positive. I mean, he's still here, which is obviously uh, a good sign at the moment. He hasn't just walked out the door just yet. Can we ask you from your sources, um, have you heard anything to suggest that Conte is happy around the club and is confident that he will be backed by the current Tottenham Hotspur board? 
I, th- I think so. I mean, happy. Are managers ever happy? I said it's a it's a bit of a subjective word, I think, isn't it? Especially when it comes to football managers. Uh, you know, they they're always giving a sort of a sense of not being satisfied generally, and that's I guess that's how they should be because they're always trying to push things forward. So, you know, is he is he happy? He's obviously happy that he's come come to Tottenham. I think he's very very clear about that. He's happy with the choice um, at this stage of his career. He's happy with the players that he's found himself with. Certainly, the first eleven that he's been playing with. He's you know he's said that a number of times that he's he's happy with the commitment that they've shown. Um, you know, with, with with the level that they've shown, and obviously he's getting a much higher level out of them than than the previous managers. Obviously, more than Nuno was, and more than Jose was, uh, at least towards the end of Jose's time. You know, out of the same out of the same group, more or less. So you know, I think you like you said, he's done, he's made a, a great impact and now they're going to be looking to sort of push on a little bit more, I think. You know, in, in terms of the window, obviously they want to do something. Uh, I think you know, Antonio has been quite guarded, I think, with what he said so far. It is still early in his Tottenham career. I can't imagine they'll want to ruffle too many feathers yet. But at the same time, I think he's been very honest and very clear in public that Tottenham do need to improve. Um, he has said that you know all the answers aren't going to come from the transfer market. I think he's obviously saying that fully in the knowledge that the January window is a hard one to get really good deals done, um, and certainly they can't do any you know major reconstructive surgery on the squad now in January, halfway through a season, even if they need it. I mean, you, you never see a team make real drastic changes really, and uh, halfway through a season, uh, you know, the summer is the time to do that, and they can't do that yet. So, you know, he needs to. He obviously needs to keep the players that he has on side, even though the players that the ones that are not playing, because he's going to have to use them. You know, some of them, the fringe players who may or may not leave, they might still be there come February the first. So, you know, it's it's obviously hard for him to be too, what should we say, cutthroat either way. You know, especially when he's speaking in public about about these these players. But I think you know, this the the conditions are good at the moment for for Tottenham to bring a couple of players in. Uh, you know, that fourth spot is within reach, which is which is really important for them. I think if they're in a situation where they were really lagging behind and they weren't able to, you know, use the league position and the chances of finishing fourth in their discussions with players, it would be more difficult for them. But they're really not that far away, really, from fourth when you look at it. In terms of points, in terms of the points they've picked up since he's been the manager, things are actually quite close and they only need perhaps one or two really to push them over the line and get that fourth spot if they're the right players to come in. You know, obviously that also depends on what the teams around them do as well because they've got to be also be mindful that Arsenal are ambitious in this window as well. They want to do business. They've got money. They want to sign a striker. They're so They've got money to spend on a striker and, you know, West Ham have got money as well. So, you know, these 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 teams that they're competing against for fourth are looking to do things as well. So Tottenham certainly can't be caught lagging behind those teams. So I think that's where they are at the moment. Lyle, we've seen reports that a new midfielder, a striker and a wing-back are expected to be the priority this month. With a new left-sided centre-back to maybe come in in the summer. Therefore, can you sort of tell us as fans the specific positions that Spurs are going to recruit for in this January window is it those three we've seen heavily reported thus far? Well, I'm told it's it, right wing back and, and, and another striker option to to help with Harry Kane up front are the priorities. 
this this window. Okay. Um, you know, we've 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 seen the right wing back be be a, you know a, a position that they've gone for. They're obviously interested in Adama Traore there. They think, and Antonio seems to think seems to think that he can do well in that position, but also provide an option to play behind the front player or even maybe even play you know as a nine if they need him to play as a nine. So I think the, the thinking behind Adama is that he can play a number of different positions, but I think pri primarily they think that he can be a real asset off the, as a right wing back. So those are the priorities. I think if you're looking a bit more medium to long term, obviously looking ahead into the summer and the situations of the players that they've got now where you know it's more likely that the, 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 the players on the periphery in certain positions will move on in the summer, I think you know then they will be looking at uh, more centre backs and central midfield as well um, come the summer, but but you know I think like I said those are the priority positions right wing back a striker. If if somebody if, if a very good player was to become available and they could get him in in another position in this month, then obviously I think they would look hard at, at trying to do that. Um, but as I said, those two, those are the two sort of priority positions this month. Lol, I mean listen, there's always rumours with Tottenham that it's a case of having to sell before we can buy and you know that room has been no different this January transfer window and from what you understand from speaking to sources close to the club is there money available or is Spurs' business heavily reliant on outgoings to fund any incoming signings this window? Well, I think firstly the, the, the squad's quite big. Actually, if you if you if you look at it, I mean, there's there's quite a lot of players who are on the periphery who are not playing. Um, it's quite obvious that he's relying on pretty much the same eleven now. So if you just add more players into it, you know, you just create a situation where there are even more players not playing. Or we're not even getting on the subs bench, and that just sort of adds to the to the um, you know to potentially a gloomy atmosphere or problems with players who are not playing and. So that, I think that's what they've got to be mindful of. You know, they, there was some money in the summer. Uh, you know, they do have a, a little bit, but I think to add to that, they will obviously need to move some of these players out and create create space in the squad to bring to bring other players in. So I think they are dependent on. I wouldn't go as far as maybe to say it's a one in one out basis, but it, it, certainly if they bring one in, then they're going to be have to, having to look at you know moving out one or two to have to perhaps bring in another. Yeah, so that's definitely part of the thinking. Lyle, we've seen reports today actually linking Tottenham with a summer move uh, with Jesse Lingard. This says that his representatives have been contacted. I mean, do you see him as a free agent, as someone that could potentially interest Tottenham? And how high up do you reckon he would be on our list of targets for the summer? There's definitely an interest. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, he's going to become a free agent this summer. So um, obviously, yeah, I mean, there'll certainly be clubs abroad that will be making inquiries about him. And, and, and Premier League clubs should be doing the same if they're being pragmatic. And Tottenham are definitely interested in him. I think they see him as someone who could play, again, behind the, behind the front player, behind, behind Harry Kane, who could be a real asset there. He, you know, and he wants to get out and he wants to play regularly because it's a World Cup year. So he's obviously thinking about, you know, you know well, he's going to play the next, maybe the next six months at Man United, maybe not. Um, and then he's, he's going to be thinking, you know, I, I want to be playing in the run-up to the, to the Qatar World Cup to give himself the best chance of being in that squad. So he'll be looking at where he can do that, obviously. Um, you know, is, is, that, is it going to be Manchester United? I'm not so sure. Obviously, they've got their problems. That's where they're well documented. Um, he's, he's, you know, thought about and, and, and was close to leaving before. 
uh, before being told that he would he would get another chance. But obviously that was on a previous manager at Manchester United. So his future is very much up in the air. Um, and yeah, he's he's definitely one on Tottenham's list. How high up he is, I'm not I'm not sure come the summer, but but there's definitely an interest there. Yeah, for sure. Lyle, another player you touched upon earlier when we were discussing potential positions was Wolves uh, player Adama Traore. Do you yeah. see him as somebody realistic? Obviously, Tottenham were heavily linked under Nuno. He now only has 15 months remaining on his contract. And it seems like the interest is genuine with Paratici also admiring the player, we're told. Is that something you see Tottenham doing and maybe pulling off in this transfer window? I think you're breaking up there a little bit. I didn't quite catch you what you were asking. I think you were asking me about Adama Traore. Apologies. Um, yes, Adama Traore. Do you see that happening with kind of 15 months left on his contract in this window? Well, yeah, as I said, he's definitely a player they're after. I mean, we know they're very strongly interested in him. Uh, we reported that last week. Uh, I've, I've made some calls on that today. Nothing's gone any further than that as of today, as far as I know. You know, there's certainly been no bids that have gone in yet. So, um, you know, he's one that they're looking seriously at and they really want to do in this window. But, you know, at the moment, there's there's nothing agreed. There's no, there's no bid that's gone in yet. But, um, you know, if they want him that much, then it's only a matter of time. They'll, they'll have to do that eventually. Um, I think there's obviously a situation with Stephen Bergwijn going on as well, which which might have a little bit to do with it, which which also needs to be to be monitored. I think. Before I ask you, Lol, about Stephen Bergwijn, you just come on to him there. Just mm-hmm. in terms of Adama Traore, um, I think yeah. one thing that is really racking supporters' minds, and it is one of mine in particular, is that um, unlike some of our um, cast on the last word on Spurs, if you want to use that word, uh, I I would like to see him come to the club. I think he's exciting. I mean, again. You look at the fact, I know he hasn't got any goals or assists this season, but I mean, you just think logically putting him with better players would hopefully improve those stats. I just wonder if the club are hell-bent on bringing in a right wing-back. Why do you think the club would go and bring somebody in to convert them into a right wing-back rather than go out and actually buy a right wing-back? Or is this just Tottenham Hotspur and this is what Tottenham do? No, I think it's more a case of, of looking for a specific profile of player that, that fits what you want your wing backs to do. I mean, Antonio Conte, of, of all the managers, even in Europe or the world, you could say, has played some of the most attacking wing backs um, in the game. I mean, he, you know, he plays a system where it's really hard to think of them as defenders, really. I mean, obviously, they, they do a significant amount of defending, but they are very attacking players. Like, m- nearly all of the attacking width comes from the wing backs in Conte's system. So, you know, he will be playing as a, as a wing back in the system, but he will be playing as an, a very attacking player. You know, obviously he has the, the the profile, the physical profile in particular to be, you know, a real asset for them and gives them something different from what they've got. I mean, you look at him and I think, I think he, he is a Spurs player. He seems like a Spurs kind of player, doesn't he? You know, I, I don't want to sound too you know, that negative, but at the moment he is, He's he's able to do. He's very dangerous, and he's able to do extraordinary things on the ball. But sometimes his end product isn't quite there, which is you know, which sounds about right for Tottenham. Tottenham player, doesn't it? But <laughs> I think with the right guidance, he could, and you know, his end product could be honed, and he could be a you know really dangerous player. I mean, if you look at if you look at some of the players that Antonio Conte has sort of converted into different positions before, you know, he's, he's been successful at that. Obviously, you know, at Chelsea, he converted Victor Moses from a right winger into a right wing back. Yeah, he converted uh, Perisic, even Perisic at, um, at Inter into a left wing back um, from, a, from a winger or, or somebody who was even, you know, considered to be more of a sort of a right 
winger cutting in off the, on the right from the right hand side on his, onto his left foot. So I think um, I think it, it, I can see I can see the thinking behind it, and and it, it could be quite clever. Um, but you know, managers and I'm sure Antonio Conte is no different. Most managers always think that they're the one that can get the best out of the player where other managers have failed. You know, I think there's, there's, it's very often the case, you know, when there's, when there's a great player at a club who's perhaps not been performing under a manager before you, you hear the next one come in and say, yeah, I know I'll get the best out of him and I can, you know, I can do this with him and that with him. And, and I think that's part and parcel of being a manager. You know, you, I think it's part of the, 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 what should we say, the challenge of it, because, you know, the challenge of it is to get the best out of individual players as well as make a team. So, I think that's part of the thinking um, behind Traore. And like I said as well, he can also play a number of positions, you know, depending on, yep. the, on the opposition. You might see Emerson Royale play as a right wing back and Adama play, you know, somewhere in the front three as well. So it's not just that case uh, that he would only play there, I don't think. Finally, though, just on Adama, uh, before I discuss Stephen Bovar, you, from, from what you understand, it's the fee at the moment, is that in the region of 20 million? Or is it difficult to actually know that? Yeah, I don't. I don't, like I, said, I don't know exactly what Wolves are asking for. Um, like yeah. I said, you know, there, there's nothing in him. There's been no bids that have gone in. So, right. uh, you know, as things stand, Tottenham are very interested. You know, you know, they're they're, they're on the case, um, but there's nothing official gone in yet. So, you know, hopefully, when there is, we'll be able to bring that bring that to you. Superb. Thanks a lot for that update. Right. Um, you mentioned him a couple of minutes ago, so we'll go to him next. Um, we've seen reports Spurs want as close to 27 million for Steven Bergvine and a replacement sign before selling the Dutchman this month. Um, from what, again, we've seen reports that Ajax are expected to return with an improved offer. However, I have to caveat that and say we've seen Conte come out in his press conference today to say he counts on the individual. What do you think Bergvine's future holds at the club and do you expect him to be a Spurs player when this window does eventually shut well, yeah, this is an interesting one, isn't it? Because, I mean, the situation, if I go back in along the timeline of the things that I've reported on this so far, um, before before the COVID outbreak um, at Tottenham, Bergvine hadn't been playing. And I was told that his future would be on the agenda in, in, in January. There was some interest from Ajax, there was some interest from other clubs as well elsewhere. Um, and uh, really, he needed to get out and play. You know, he'd been there for a while. He hadn't played under, under you know, properly under a few managers. He hadn't really shown the promise that they hoped that he would. I know in the summer that when Nuno Santo came in, they really they really thought that Bergwijn would hopefully kick on and that, they, they, that he would be um, instrumental to the team. And I think he started the first few games, didn't he, over Lucas Moura. So I think you could see that they were trying to, you know, get the best out of him. Obviously, they made an investment in him when they bought him and, they, and they, he hadn't done that yet. But but after you know after a while he, he sort of drifted out of the team again didn't he and he didn't play very much and then but actually when the he, he, the COVID outbreak at Tottenham actually did him a huge favour because he apparently he was able to work one on one with Antonio Conte and apparently I was told they, they you know they bonded a little bit and they were actually get to know each other a little bit and he could show him what he could do and he played in the West Ham game subsequently and did really really well and would had obviously been had his confidence boosted quite significantly. Um, and was showing what a player he could be, but then um, I think he got a knock, didn't he, as well, and w- w- wasn't able to play after that. So 
like you said, from Antonio Conte's comment on him, it's clear that he thinks he's got a future and that he could be an asset in the team. There's no way that he would he would accept the, the squad being weakened by Bergvine's sale without a replacement coming in. Now, obviously, this is where the Dharma Traore thing could come into play a little bit if he's seen as someone who can play in that position as well. But I think that the kind of figures that we're seeing um, quoted with with Bergvine is, is also a suggestion that perhaps Spurs are trying to put Ajax off this interest a little bit without potentially categorically telling the player that he can't go because obviously he wants to play and he wants to play regularly and he needs to, I think it is point in his career so it'll be an interesting one to see how this plays out because yeah certainly from Conte's point of view I think he'll be he'll be looking quite closely at it as well because because of what you said and what he said publicly about the player that obviously he rates him hopefully that answers your question that does for me love just moving on just moving on to another player that's been linked to a move away from Tottenham and that's Tongi and Dombele now, yeah. reports indicating that he may leave the club this January. Uh, Jose Mourinho has allegedly been in contact with the player about a move to AS Roma, with Napoli also said to be in talks. How hard will it be to move him on, given his reported £200,000 a week wages and being the club's record signing? Yeah, well, I think you've, you've, you've touched on what, what really the issue is there for him uh, and, and for Tottenham if they want to move him on, um, is the cost, it's the, it's the figures involved. Um, you know, obviously, he's their record signing more than sixty million pounds. Is there a club that's going to pay sixty million pounds for him, or, or, or there or thereabouts, to, to give Tottenham their, their, you know, their, their investment back in this month? No, I don't see it. I don't see what club there is there for him. You know, I've, I've, I've done plenty of probing around on this to see if there'll be any potential suitors out there for him. They're really, the, you know, the kind of level of club that could potentially pay that money. Certainly, let's, let's let's obviously talk hypothetically first about any permanent options for him. They're not desperate for that position, you know. I know his name has been floated around to Italian clubs and Spanish clubs, and you know there hasn't been any particular interest that's come back. They're not really crying out for his position. Those clubs that could afford him, and certainly you could afford his wages. So. You know, I just don't think there's the options out there for him this month um, and Dombelli. And I've, I've been told by sources close to the player as well that he's not unhappy at Spurs, you know, despite his body language the other day, you know. <laughs> you know, well, the, the, there's there's lots of context with Dombelli, isn't there, obviously, with, with the Spurs career that he's had so far. But if you just take that moment in isolation, he's not the first and he won't be the last player to not look very happy at being subbed off halfway through an FA Cup third round game against Morecambe in which Spurs have laboured for most of the game. And he's been part of that. You know, it's 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 hard to know, you know, really what's going through the player's mind at that point when they head straight down the tunnel. He might he might have just been upset with himself and his own performance, you know, not necessarily the conditions that club hit the club. I mean, yeah, it was you could see it coming really though, couldn't you? You could certainly see the me, the media reports coming afterwards, the the speculation over in Dombele's future after that happened. It was almost sort of, you know, it was, it was almost written, um, but I think yeah, the, the 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 information that we have is that he's not unhappy. I think Spurs would obviously consider something if it came in and suited them financially in terms of his wages, uh, and I think he would consider something if if a big club came in for him and wanted to play him and he could go elsewhere. He might consider it as well, but I just don't see where that's going to come from this month. So I, I'd expect him to still be here uh, come the end of the month and for the rest of the season. 
and then probably they'll have another look at it again in the summer when obviously Spurs want to do more more significant work to the squad. Lyle, could I just ask you a hypothetical one on that? Could there be any possible scenario whereby Tottenham are happy to allow Ndombele to basically leave for nothing just to have his wages covered in full? Because obviously his wages are around £10 million per season. They've got three and a half years to run. So that's still with £35 million minus any bonuses, loyalty rewards, agent fees, etc. Where Tottenham could just say, look, we'll cut our losses and he can go for nothing if somebody will take on his salary in full. I don't think that. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure many or if any, you know, prudent chairman or chief executive would, would allow that to happen without, you know, putting up a, a significant fight. I mean, we're not talking about players who's got six months left or even a year left. He's got longer mm. than that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there were big clubs looking at him when Tottenham signed him as well. And and, and they, there are big clubs that have still been tracking him during his time at Spurs. You know, they're aware of what kind of a player he could be. And it ties into what I was saying before, you know, where you have managers at other players, places who think, you know, I can be the one that gets the best out of him. So, and he's still very, very young as well in his career. So I think Tottenham will be will see him as a sellable asset if they want to, to you know, recoup some money on him and they don't see a future for him at the club. Um, and they'll be looking to try and re recoup as much of, of, of the money that they pay from as they possibly can. So I, would, I, I don't envisage that scenario that you, you, you brought up there now. Sorry, I don't think so. So as far as you're concerned, Lyle, as, as things stand and what you, again, we know transfer winners can change. I have to make that point. You know, we're only the 11th of January. But um, at the moment, as things stands, you probably expect him to be a Tottenham player by the end of the window, unless there's any clubs that are willing to cover that sizable chunk of wage. Uh, as I said, unless unless they can, you know, magic a, a, a solution for him that suits him and suits them financially, then, yeah, I expect him to still be to be, still be a Spurs and, and you know I think Conte has hinted at the fact that he still he does see somebody there that could potentially be useful for him he's used him he has used him hasn't he, he has but I mean I know he started him against Morecambe but he has used him as a sub at times yeah uh, sparingly but yeah and there's no doubt that that the that the guy's got talent but uh, it's the application that I think needs a bit of, needs a bit of work Absolutely. Well, uh, we are going to go for our first break of the show for our listeners that are on audio. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organisations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Thank you so much as always for your incredible support. Lord, this is what it is, it's a transfer window. Everybody is uh, bums on seats, waiting for the news. Listen, if you've missed the first half an hour, and where have you been if you have missed the first half an hour? Uh, Lol, in the first minute, said to us, uh, hopefully expect some activity. I hope you don't mind me saying that, Lol. I'm going to have to hold you to what you said. Lyle said, hopefully to expect some activity from Tottenham Hotspur this January transfer window. So popcorn at the ready. Um, next, Lyle, to kick off the second half of the show, I'm going to ask you about Delhi Alley. Mm -hmm. Do you know what? I just, for the life of me, I know, listen, Lyle, we've had you on the last five or six years, as I've said, and you know, we've raved about Delhi Alley. You know, I think we've had you on in times when there's been uh, opportunities to improve his contract and he had a contract at the time and got a new contract offer. Before we discuss Delhi's future, um, 
you as a journalist and you know covering Tottenham as you do as a, as a club as well as one of the bats you cover in the London area, uh, can you quite believe the fall of Delhi Alley? No, not really. Actually, if you if you no if you if you um, if you stand back and think about it, no, it's been quite incredible, really. Um, again, another player who's immensely talented, that's clear, but whose application has has drifted quite considerably, really. Um, and drifted to the point really where you just feel like he needs a change of a just change of scenery, change environment, change of yeah, change of environment is probably the best way of putting it. Really, I think you know, um, I think he needs to go somewhere else and and with with a more of a fresh start, clean slate, and and um, try to resurrect his career. I'm told he's available this month for loan. Um, I think that's obviously the way that that he sees it and the way that the club sees it as well. So they'll try and find a solution for him um, between now and the end of the window. I think it's something more likely to happen towards the end of the window that kind of a loan deal does. There's kind of like a a bit of a sort of a natural uh, organic progression to the window. You tend to see the permanent deals done first, obviously because clubs have their priorities that they want to do. And, and once they've done them, once they've, they've got those priority signings in, the priority targets on permanent deals, what, that obviously tends to then, you know, free up the spaces elsewhere and, and for, for the more of the loan deals to happen, that kind of thing. So I think it's something we'll see develop more towards the end of the window um, with Delhi. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, what more is there to say, really? That, that hits, that's what he needs. He needs a change of scenery, I think. He needs to go elsewhere and uh, and... and and start again, really. Prove himself again, all over again. My, my, my final one on Delhi before John comes in, just to ask you, Lowell, is Delhi wanting a move away? Is he open to a move away? Is there an acceptance from Delhi that he needs to move? I think so, yes. Yes. Yeah, I think I think so. I think, yes, I think that's how, it, how everybody really feels about the situation. I think from what I yeah. can tell, from people I speak to, yeah. Lowell, another player linked away from move from Tottenham is Matt Doherty. Now, he's obviously <laughs> only made 13 appearances since joining, actually, from Wolves in the league in August of 2020. He's two and a half years left on his Tottenham deal. Do you think he could leave the club on a permanent deal rather than a potential loan in this January window? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I don't know the answer to that, really, you know, one way or the other. I think... I think... I think. Well, I, what I know is that he is he's obviously one of a group of players who has not met the level that that Tottenham would expect and, and 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 therefore they're quite open to him moving on as well I think with for the right for the right deal there, there was some some information that he has been offered to Wolves as part of a deal for to, to for for Adama Traore and when I say offered you know it's been communicated to Wolves that he would potentially be available should they want to include that that's what I mean rather than actually being formally offered you know um so, but will whether Wolves would actually take him back or not? I don't know. I mean, they've got they've got Semedo playing a right back now, who's arguably doing as well, if not better, than than Doherty was at the time. So, uh, you know, I think it's unlikely that they would they would want him back. So, again, I think it, 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 it's probably more likely, given the situation, that he would find a loan deal initially and then look look for it. There would be something more permanent in the summer, probably. I mean, he's been used a little bit at the, at the moment, hasn't he, by by Conte, but. But more out of necessity because of injury rather than than than, than need. Um, but he's done okay. I mean, I think I think thought his performances have been some actually some of the best that he's produced actually recently for Tottenham, especially um, even playing off the on the left um, wing back role. I think he's been I think he's been okay. But 
but but he's not he's not he's not good enough for Tottenham to to, to push on. I don't think. I don't think he's quite ready for. Uh, I don't think he's quite at that level. Um, I think he's found it hard making the step up to a, to a, to a club that size and the d- demands of it. And, and obviously they're looking for another right wing back. So and, and Emerson's just joined. So once another one comes in and, uh, and, and with Emerson there, then it's obviously even more unlikely that Doherty would, would play. So yeah, he's he's one I, I think they, certainly if they bring someone in would, would move on. Lyle, two more players that have been linked with possible departures from Tottenham, and these two are both centre-halves. One being Jaffa Tanganga, who's this week been linked to AC Milan, uh, and other moves potentially to Serie A. And then also Cameron Carter-Vickers, who's excelling on a loan at Celtic. Do you see either of these two players maybe leaving the club during this window? Uh, Tanganga, I don't think so. I mean, first of all, AC Milan have got other targets that they're working on at the moment. I mean, they've been trying for Sven Botman at Lille. Um, Lille don't want to sell him. Obviously, Newcastle have also been bidding for him. All their bids have fallen short um, so far as well. I think AC Milan have realised that it's it's not really a goer. So they moved on. They moved on to Abdu Jallo, the um, the PSG centre half. They're hopeful they can get him. And they've got other targets in mind as well. I mean, our colleagues, this guy in Italy, have been mentioning other players in the Premier League like Nathan Ake and Eric Bailey and people in that kind of level. So I don't think Jaffa Tekanga is going to be going there. I don't think he's going to be going anywhere. Um, He's been needed recently, hasn't he? Because of you know injuries at centre half. I know we've got Romero coming back um, at some point soon, um, but I think Tanganga is going to be needed. Um, you know, Tottenham uh, played three centre halves and not don't have a plethora of options, do they? I mean, I think if there's any centre half that will go, it would be Joe Rodon. I think on loan, I think that could maybe be one um, towards the end of the window as well. He needs to get out and play, and um, I think um, Antonio. Um, sees him as only really being able to play in the middle of the three, apparently, is what I've been told. And Dyer has obviously got that position assured. So um, I think he, he he needs to get out of play. So I expect Tanganga to say to stay. Uh, but but um, you talked about Carter Vickers, Celtic. Yeah, Celtic are talking to Tottenham about permanent a permanent move for him. I think Tottenham won about £6 million for him, I've been told. And uh, they're talking about it, but I think there's not necessarily really a rush to do that. Uh, right away, you know. Obviously, he's already there on loan. He's already playing well for them. I think he's. I think he's quite happy there. It's worked out well for him. I think he's playing quite well up there. So, I think Celtic will probably want to address the other areas of the squad that they want to sort out. You know, what I think they've got more prior, prioritised uh, uh, things to do. Like I think they've got some fringe players um, that they want to move out. Um, and so, I think you know there'll, there'll be something to again towards the end of the window that will probably probably get done Carter Vickers up there Lyle you uh, just briefly mentioned Joe Roden saying that's a potential option of a, of a loan this yeah. January transfer window um, mm-hmm. just from what you understand are Spurs open to potentially a permanent sale if somebody was to meet the right figure for the player I mean let's be honest about it he's not really had um, a huge amount of game time here I know he's very much uh, highly thought of for Wales mm. would you think Spurs would be open to a permanent sale for him uh, open probably is the right word. I think, uh, I think, yeah, he will have a valuation, and if somebody was to meet that, then I think I think so. Um, but but what I've been told is that it's, it's more likely that he will go on loan, um, and uh, excuse me, play somewhere where he's going to get more games. And um, again, he's a young player, so he's at that play at time of his career really, but he's still developing, and he needs to be playing regularly. And I think it was an odd one when it when it happened. I think Joe Rodon as well a little bit. Obviously, it came out of left field for everybody, me included, um, from Swansea. Um, 
Uh, I know, you know, there's obviously a former Swansea official working at the uh, Tottenham at that point as well. So I think he'd been recommended and, uh, you know, they wanted to bring a centre-half in at that point. They were looking at players like Ozan Kabak at the time, I think, and one of the, I think Antonio Rudiger as well was another one they really wanted to get then. And Can't then they brought in Joe Rodon, well. which is not... Screen as well. Can't forget. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you've got mm. Rudiger up here and then you've got sort of Kabak further down here and I think Joe Rodon was a bit further down here at the time. So far, Lyle, that we can't even see your hand where he's gone. Well, <laughs> exactly, my screen's on thinking I'm going to have to sit back a little bit, but you, you, get, you get the idea of what I'm talking about. I don't think he was quite, you know, at the level. He's obviously got, got some potential, yeah, highly valued for, for Wales. I'm sure he could be a good Premier League player in the future, but I don't think Tottenham was really the right move for him at that time. Uh, another player that could potentially depart, and it'd be much to my frustration as a keen follower of the youth teams, is Dylan Markandy. There's rumours or reports that he's out of contract in the summer. Um, and obviously Tottenham are keen to tie the player to a new deal. He's scoring all the time when he plays them 23s. Got another one away to Man United last night. Do you see any progress in these contract negotiations with Dylan Markandy and Tottenham? No, as far as I know, there's not been any progress um, since my last report on it. Um, they've made him an offer. He's not going to sign that offer. As things stand, um, he's got interest from a lot of other clubs. You know, clubs that are willing to potentially come in and buy him. Uh, I think Tottenham want him to sign a contract and then go out on loan. So they obviously see him as somebody who could be a good player for him in the future. Uh, but I think the player is in a situation where he wants to make sure that he's going to be playing the most games. You know, I think he's really at the stage where he's too good for the under twenty three level really, and he needs to be playing. You know, he needs to be playing, um, yeah, he needs to be playing regularly in, in, in senior football, probably at the championship level. So so a loan makes sense if you've, you're Tottenham and you've still got under, uh, under contract, but they but they obviously want to, him to get, uh, they want to get him, um, he wants to get as many games as he can. So he'll be looking at his options, really, and looking at who, who makes him the best offer, I think, at this point. Um, so, yeah, interesting one to see how that plays out, to see if Spurs perhaps... Um, up their offer to a place where it might be more comfortable for for, for him to, to sign and um, and uh, oh you know give him some assurances of the, that he might break into the first team in the next well yeah a year eighteen months that kind of thing really I think that's what it means um, from what I can tell good player by the way good player I'm I'm just conscious John just to ask you as well because I mean John obviously he's a keen follower of the youth I know John you've spent a lot of time watching him many will feel. I think the right world would be really devastated if he was to leave the club. Just how much of an impact would that be, John, personally, from your viewing of Mark Andy, if Spurs were to lose him um, in the summer? Incredibly frustrating because I've seen Tottenham this summer add a player like Brian Hill. And I look at, you know, what Mark Andy is doing in matches. I know they're under 23s matches. I appreciate that. But his actual progression as a player over the last 18 months, where he's kept his skillful, low centre of gravity style that he had, but he's now bulked up as well. And he's now been playing as a sort of false nine for the under-23s, but they've not had a, a forward off the loans of Parrot and Etete this summer. He's delivered. He scores every time he plays. He creates, he makes things happen. He's an exciting player, Barnet-born, Tottenham fan. This is exactly the sort of person we should be giving opportunities to. The Europa Conference League was there to do that, and it wasn't really done apart from his debut for a few minutes away to Vitesse. There was another chance to give him involvement at Morecambe on the weekend, and again, he was overlooked. So I find it very frustrating that he's not been involved more and provided with a similar level of opportunity as Dane Scarlett has had, for example, when Mark Handy's numbers have been phenomenal all season. 
Yeah, I think again, like I say, it's one we'll definitely keep an eye on because, um, John, as you'll know from doing your podcast like you do, and again, um, if you don't check them out, of course, Lee White underscore Rose, obviously on Twitter for John, you can listen to obviously regular, um, frequent there um, episodes in terms of the youth element. I think there'll be a lot of disappointment, John, if he doesn't go on to sign a new contract with Tottenham. Um, on the subjects of contracts, Lyle brings me very nice into another segue, and that's of Spurs captain Hugo Lloris. Um, we've seen, obviously, of course, a friend of our show, and I know you know him probably personally as well, Fabrizio Romano, um, reporting around a week or so ago that Spurs were confident that Lloris would extend his contract with one more season approved by Antonio Conte. Uh, can you tell us from your perspective, from what you've heard from sources, whether those talks are progressing? And if so, when he is likely to put pen to paper? Well, they are talking. Yeah, that's true. Um I mean, Conte has sounded very positive, hasn't he, about about that situation, which suggests that things are moving in the right direction. Um, you know, I think again, it, I think it depends how much, if from Hugo's point of view, from what I can tell from people from talking to people on this, is is how assured he would be that Tottenham are going to keep moving forward under Antonio Conte. I mean, obviously what's happened at Tottenham over the last 18 months is quite considerable. It's been a quite considerable shift from being, you know, a, a, an almost an assured regular Champions League team under Pochettino, pushing for trophies, pushing for, you know, make, making the Champions League final. It's been quite a considerable slide to a team that are, you know, really have been struggling to break into the top four again and, and you know, and needed to obviously bring in, Two, two now of the biggest managers in the game to try and get there. You know, we're on the second one. So I think it's very much seeing how probably the next six months, well, the less than six months, isn't it, to the end of the season, how, how how the rest of the season plays out in terms of Tottenham pushing for that top four. I think if, you, if you're seeing Tottenham finishing the Champions League, I think um, Hugo might be more inclined to stay for another year. Um, you know, I think Tottenham obviously be trying to tie it up more, um, uh, a bit sooner than that. You know, he's the club captain and he's been at the club for a long time and he's very, very strong influence at the club and a strong influence in the dressing room, uh, positive influence. Um, and really, uh, yeah, I mean, well, from a fan's point of view, he's, he's a club legend, isn't he, really? Or he should go down as a club legend, really, regardless of what happens. So, um, But I'm not aware that there's anything imminent, no, in terms of an agreement or signing anything. Lyle, what are your thoughts or, or your knowledge, in fact, on, on Tottenham starts on Pierre-Luigi Collini? Obviously, he joined on loan in the summer from Atalanta. He obviously mm -hmm. had a relationship working with Christian Romero there. Um, mm -hmm. Are Tottenham planning to activate their, their permanent clause, from your understanding, to sign the keeper permanently? I'm not aware that they're planning to do that, no. I mean, he's, obviously, he's on loan. He hasn't played at all, really, has he? Um, I was quite surprised we didn't see him in the Morecambe game, actually. That, that, that surprised me. Um, so I think he's something that I will look, they will look at in the future. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know what their plans are for him. Um, I don't really know where he will, in, you know, in what games or what competitions he will necessarily play now between the end of the season. So, you know, any top club really needs two good goalkeepers keeping each other um, at, the t at the peak of their game. I mean, Tottenham had that before. And, the, you know, the, one of the reasons why... Michel Vaughan was brought back in as an emergency and brought out of retirement is because he and uh, Hugo Lloris apparently had a fantastic relationship together in training. You know, that it was described as scary sometimes how hard they pushed each other in training and 
and that is if you're you know if you're a top club that's what you want you know even if you've got a second goalkeeper that's not playing you want him to be of the caliber a that he can come in and and be a top goalkeeper when he comes in at premier league level or or, or the top competitions and also that pushes your number one goalkeeper to be as good as he can be all the time because it's important important position so and I don't know what Gallini's training levels are like, so I can't really comment on those. But um, but you know, I'm surprised we haven't seen more of him, and and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him go back after his loan and Tottenham have another look at it again. No, I don't know that. So, no, we've also been linked with a whole host of other keepers, uh, possibly to replace Lloris, or if Lloris stays, maybe to replace Gallini, including yeah. Sam Johnson, Dean Henderson as two homegrown ones, and then also Samir. Pandanovic, who Antonio Conte worked with at Milan. Is mm-hmm. that anything Spurs could be realistically interested in? Sam Johnson, definitely. Dean Henderson, definitely. Definitely players that Tottenham have had an interest in and had a, had a long look at. Um, you know, Tottenham have been looking at the goalkeeper situation for a while. Obviously, they did this, you know, they signed Galini and, you know, there's, they, they've known that Hugo Lloris's contract is coming to an end. So, obviously, they've, you know, they've, they've been prudent and been looking at things and, those are two good young English goalkeepers that really need to be becoming a number one somewhere now. I think Dean Henderson and Sam Johnston, you know, um, plenty of Premier League clubs that like Johnston um, and Henderson. Um, and I think, um, well, yeah, Man United were quite keen to keep him, even though, yeah, he wasn't playing there ahead of um, ahead of De Gea. So I think he said Van der Sar then. He's not been playing for Man United for a very long take time. Him. We'll, we'll take him, I tell you. He can't be doing too bad, yeah. <laughs> Larice back up, definitely over Galini. I tell you from what we've seen so far. <laughs> exactly, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe get Ian Walker out of retirement as well. Oh my but, god, um... I know. Keep keep him in retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to us, Law, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Torswood, then maybe. But um Eric Torswood, yeah, no, no worries about him. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, those two definitely. Handanovic, um, well, yeah, he was he was he was uh, Conte's goalkeeper, wasn't he? I think mm. I'm not sure he'd come in and be a number two. I don't think he would. I think it would be something that would be more likely if Hugo didn't sign a contract with moved on. Yeah. One more, Lyle, that's just come up. Um, I know we were linked with him a while back. Pickford, Jordan Pickford, is that one you've yeah. heard Spurs showing some interest in as well? Uh, yeah, I look at him. I think I think they like the idea of having an English goalkeeper, and there's plenty of them around. I mean, obviously, mm. Pickford's the England number one. Yeah. Uh, I think Everton are quite. Well, Everton have been looking at trying to recoup some money from 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 selling players, and obviously, obviously, they've been looking at their most sellable assets. You know, we've, we're pretty sure that Lucas Dina is the one that they're 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 most open to selling. But Pickford's name has been mentioned as well, so I think um, yeah, Tottenham would be would be silly not to have a look at that. If certainly if um, Hugo is going to leave, um, but yeah, not this month yeah. certainly. I'm glad you bring up Everson there for me, Lyle, because um, I, I mean, I, I Tottenham's You're second recruitment. Well, no, second team. I say, I look at Tottenham's recruitment, and when I see Everton's recruitment. I'm like, it makes me feel better. So, um, yeah. I mean, you know, there's not many clubs that do worse recruitment than Tottenham, but Everton are chomping at the bit. I tell you, they're taking the title from us in such dramatic fashion. So, credit to Everton, yeah. and like I say they can win that league by all means. Um, That's a good point. Lyle, moving on to a central midfielder. Um, I mean, listen again. We understand Spurs. We're Listen, if the, if the option would be the right kind of play, I know you've reported on him as well from Sky. Maybe not one for now, maybe one for the summer. Um, Frank Kessie, what's your mm-hmm. understanding of that situation? Is that a player Spurs could maybe move for in the summer? On is there any chance of it being this January window? I don't think this January window. No, I think he's going to stay there. Um, I think he's he's obviously he, he's one of the main names. Uh, 
it's well in Europe really. There's there's a whole clutch of players um, who are out of contract in the summer. Quite big names, a, a, a number of different clubs. Um, I, I was going to mention this in the beginning actually. And the situation now is that that's the other aspect of this window that's not really getting a lot of coverage at the moment. Is that you've got a lot of very talented players who are going to be out of contract in the summer that clubs are actually scrambling around for um, to try and get them on pre-contract agreements. So while there might not actually be that, you know, certain clubs, that many deals, if any, done, clubs are active behind the scenes trying to get pre-contract agreements with some of these players. And Frank Kessie is one of them. Um, I mean, he's been probably the best player in that position, certainly in Italy, and one of the best in Europe. I know Conte really likes him and rates him highly. Paratici as well. Um, so definitely an interest there. Definitely something they'd like to do for the summer. You know, whether he agrees a pre-contract with anyone this month, I'm not sure. You know, again, I don't think he's necessarily a rush. He will go to the club that gives him the best offer. Now, on the downside of it for Tottenham, there are lots of clubs who are looking at that position and want to fill that position in, in the summer. You know, they're already looking at it this month. You've got Man City, Manchester United, you've got Liverpool, you've got Chelsea, you've got Arsenal, you've got everybody in the Premier League, really, the top, all your competitors looking at that position. You've got also teams in Europe who, uh, who are going to be looking at that position in the summer, not now. But on the bright side, there's quite a few other players who can play in that position as well that, other, that those clubs are looking at. You know, there are other, other players of almost of his calibre, um, arguably of his calibre, I should say, that, that um, can play in that position, who are also out of contract. So you've got um, uh, Boubacar Kamara, who plays for Marseille, who's an excellent central midfielder in that position. Um, he is out of contract in the summer. He's one that the top clubs are looking at as well. Um, I don't think he's out of contract in the summer, but you've got um, Aurelian Chouamani at Monaco, highly rated youngster in that position. Um You've got Weston McKenney as well at Juventus. I don't think he's out of contract, but he's another good player who can play in that position as well. You've got Basuma uh, at Brighton, who's another player really very good in that position. Um, so, although Kessie is, is is very, very good and I think would be a, an excellent acquisition for Tottenham, whenever they did it, there are other options out there. You know, the ones I mentioned that they will, they will, they will be also be, be looking at. So, it wouldn't be the end of the world if they didn't get him, but... Um, Yes, I know Conte likes him a lot, I'm told. Lyle, according to reports, a real Spurs fan favourite could be available uh, with a move reported back to the Premier League, and that's Christian Eriksen. Do you see any chance of him coming back to Tottenham at all this month? This month, I don't know. I mean, and, um, with Christian, it's hard to know exactly where he's at in terms of the level after you know what happened to him. Obviously, it was incredibly sad what happened to him. He's done some amazing work to get back to where he is now. Um, you know, I'm told that he's in really good shape and, and doesn't want to get back playing. Um, and he's obviously such a great guy. He, he's, he's got such an affinity with Tottenham. I know, uh, you know, Antonio Conte has said that the door is open for him. You know, I think that was that was meant in in a, in a, in a very general way. I think really to for Christian that if he wanted to come and train here, he could, or you know, if he wants to come and see us, he could. And obviously, if he was in a position where he could get back playing at that level, then I think that's something that they would think about. Uh, 
but I, I'm not aware that, that that is close to happening. Um, I don't think anybody's really aware how close Ericsson is to that. And I think it would be a little bit disrespectful, I think, to go prying really into the sort of nitty gritty physical condition of him at the moment, you know, obviously because of what happened. So I think it will, we'll, we'll, we'll probably hear more, I would have thought about Christian and Christian's situation as the months roll on. But whether something we've done this month, I don't know. I mean, listen, he's a free agent, so he can sign any time. Uh, he's not on a contract anywhere, so there's not necessarily a rush for him to sign for somebody just because there's a chance to win there. But it'd be great to see him back playing. I mean, it would. I think I mean, everybody yeah. in Europe, you know, every yeah. football fan out there would 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 be quite, you know, it'd be quite heartwarming for everybody to see him to see yeah. him playing. And obviously, he played. He had a great. He had a great spell under um, Antonio Conte. I mean, I, know, I think it took him a while to adapt to Conte when he got there yeah, because good, think, it was a good three or four months before he got into the team. Yeah, because yeah. he was playing as like a t- more of a 10, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, sort of a 10 for Spurs, wasn't he? He was sort of playing in a 4-2-3-1, uh, whereas Conte obviously doesn't play that system. You know, he he, he plays two central midfielders that really need to do everything. Uh, and I think it took a while for Christian to adapt to that. But once he did, I think he was really, really quite effective in a deeper, slightly deeper role. So, you know, obviously he could... Yeah, obviously he could play in Conte system, which is a which is a which is a positive for, for Tottenham. Lol, you mentioned him a couple of minutes ago. Um I think by in mind it was you briefly mentioned it probably means there's probably not much interest there, but we'll give this one a go. Um of course Juventus midfielder Weston McKenney, his name's popped up in the last couple of transfer windows. As far as you're aware, I mean, is there any interest from there? We understand Pratigy is a big fan of the player, knows him fairly well. Any interest from Tottenham at all this time around? Yeah, well, he, he does know him well because he brought him to, to to Juventus. So, yeah, I think they obviously like him. Yeah, he, there's obviously a, some interest in him, but he's, I, I've been told he's not going to be moving this month. I think Juventus are quite keen to keep him. And I, I think the other one they've looked at a little bit is Kulusevski, but I think that Juventus are going to keep him as well. So I wouldn't expect either of those to to move this this month. Okay. John, I'll pass over to you. Um and you can ask about... I might mix up a little bit, a bit, Lyle. You, you asked our, our, we were going to ask you about Kulaveski, but you, you've answered that one for us. So, not down in flames. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no worries at all. Another one that I've just seen come up a lot in the comments, I'm going to ask you, is Leon midfielder Bruno Gilmeres. I understand he's a Brazilian central midfield player. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I may have mispronounced his name. Apologies if so. But uh, just from a personal point of view, I cannot see Tottenham handing over any large checks to all at Leon after the... Tangai and Dembele debacle, in effect. I mean, what's your views on on Gilmarash as a player and whether that could happen or not? Good player, excellent player. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think yeah, he's he's obviously one that I think a lot of top clubs are looking at. You know, he, logically, I think I mean, there's no doubt Spurs would have had a look at him, and I think Arsenal would have had a look at him as well. And uh, and you know, he's 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 very good. Um, yes, obviously things with Leon. Uh, yeah, a little bit more tricky, I think, um, in terms of getting a deal. I think. Yeah, Jean-Michel Allah is very good at getting the, the the valuations that he sees for his players. You know, he's not he, he doesn't suffer any fools. He's a good businessman and runs that club very well. And um, so, yes, that would be an interesting one if they really wanted to try and go and get another player from Lyon. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, well, this month, if we're talking about this month, then then I don't see that being something that, that Tottenham will look to do. Lol, uh, the striker is definitely. Rising in popularity almost week after week, uh, window by window. We've seen heavy links 
from Arsenal today. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to go there. Dusan Vlalovic, from your understanding, uh, how interested are Tottenham and will they be able to beat off Arsenal in this race for him? And we know there's obviously other clubs interested as well. I think Juve are also keen. Just, just how long has Spurs been interested and how far does that interest stretch and where it can get done? Yes, they are interested in another one they looked at. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely an interest there. And there's a lot of interest from Arsenal as well, it has to be said. Um, yeah, I mean, we can talk about the striker situation at Tottenham. We've talked about it before, haven't we? The, the situation with Harry Kane in, and obviously the reluctance of other strikers to go to Tottenham because Harry Kane is there, you know, because he is, uh, you know, in terms of being a second striker, in terms of competition, Harry Kane's really the immovable object, really, isn't he, as far as a, a second striker's concerned. And that's the difficulty that Tottenham have had with that for a very, very long time, really, is finding somebody, A, who wants to do it and wants to try, or shall we say, B, who's also quite happy to sit on the bench and only be used when Kane's not fit, because let's face it, Kane play, when Kane's fit, Kane plays. And Kane, even though some people have accused him of having, you know, um, ankle some ankle frailty, shall we say, he actually plays a lot and he has played a lot um, regardless of that. So that's obviously still an issue for Tottenham. You know, I mean, I was talking to somebody last night, um, not, not somebody at Tottenham, but... Um, we were talking about Tottenham, and we were talking about um, you know whether or whether they shouldn't, whether they should or not have signed Harry Kane and and this guy who very experienced in the game, very experienced in in recruitment, very good at what he does. Said if I was in that situation, then I would have um, I would have sold Kane in the summer and brought two strikers in because you could have brought. There are plenty of top strikers out there at the moment. You could but you could assure both of them, them equally that they would be able to compete against each other for a place rather than having a Harry Kane there who, you know, he's, he, I mean, the, he, he's always going to play. And so, and I can sort of see where, that, where, where, where he was coming from. Um, and, and I, don't, I mean, I don't know how Tottenham feels about fans feel about this because Harry Kane is Tottenham, isn't he really in, in personified. So I don't think you'd ever hear a Tottenham fan say that they would want to sell Harry Kane. But um, I think if, from a, from, if you were impartial or neutral, actually, that I can see the thinking behind why that might have been sensible at the time, you know, to get your 120, 130 million and go and buy two strikers for that because you could go and buy two 60 million pound strikers for that and then both be very good. I mean, like I said, there's some good ones out there. You've got Vlaovic, you've got, um, you know, uh, who else is there? Darwin Nunez is very good at Benfica. You've got Patrick Schick, who's very good at Bayer mm-hmm. Leverkusen. You know, there's some some good strikers emerging. Um, but obviously, so that's, that's still an issue for Spurs. And, and Vlaovic apparently wants to play in the Champions League. He wants to play for a Champions League club next. And really, he his name is the hot property that's emerging in Europe, apart from Haaland. So uh, in that position, I mean, as a striker. Yep. So from his point of view, he's probably, well, I'm, I'm told he's thinking, well, I might as well wait to the summer. You know, he's got a huge affinity with Fiorentino. He's having a great season there. From his point of view, it makes sense for him to sit in the summer and probably have the pick and choose of a whole host of Champions League clubs come the summertime. I mean, there's plenty of plenty of clubs out there who are looking for strikers. And, you know, come the end of the season, you'll know which teams are playing in the Champions League. So, for example, if Tottenham do finish in the Champions League come the summer, then they'd have a good chance. Or if Arsenal finish in the Champions League come the summer, then they'd have a better chance than they have now of Vlajevic. Um, you know, there's other, other, other clubs that are looking at strikers, obviously, as well. You know, Manchester United might do it again in the summer. Um, Manchester City. Um, so, I think they definitely like him, definitely watched him a lot. But um, this month, 
I think it'd be very difficult to get him, in particular him. Talking of strikers there, and we talked hypothetically about maybe you know selling Harry Kane, but the reports are that he may now sign a new contract after that failed bid to Manchester City. Do you think Harry Kane will sign a new contract? And have you heard anything in the you know in the newsline or grapevine about that potentially happening? No, I haven't actually. I haven't heard anything about that. Um, I haven't heard anything about that happening. Certainly, very soon. I think um, again, it ties into what we were saying before. I think there's still a certain amount that needs to play out. Really, if you if you're Harry Kane and you're thinking about the possibility of doing that, it doesn't make sense for him to do that now and then. Tottenham not finishing the Champions League and, and he's not playing, you know, we're only six months down the line from when Harry Kane wanted to leave and go to play for Man City. So I don't think things have changed that drastically yet. The, the other way that he would go ahead and sign a new contract, I don't think, you know, I think I think things have improved quite, quite clearly. Things have improved considerably. I mean, they've got a top manager now, so that helps. Because you can you can you can go a long way to convincing a player that you can challenge for top honours if you've got a top manager. That was not the case, I don't think, when Nuno Santo was there. But now they've got Conte. Obviously, that helps a lot. But you know, I think what happens between now and the end of the season, uh, and obviously which players they can bring in this this window will affect that a little bit. Um, then you know, well, who knows? Maybe, maybe down the maybe further down the line. I mean, what a, what a turnaround that would be in a year. Um, should that should that happen? But I don't. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that that's an option. Okay, Lyle. The the interrogate interrogation is nearly it over. Oh, uh, right. no, it does. It does. Well, it does continue. But we are close to the end. <laughs> um, we have compiled, Lyle, as you're aware. <laughs> a this, list is the, of yeah. this is the uh, this is the round miscellaneous compilation at the end of the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> These you are the you should get some quick fire cards or whatever. Yeah, no, these are the ones you just chuck away as you, as you kind of just finish up. Um, yeah. So these are names that we've seen um, on the rumour mill over the last uh, three, four months. And rather than sit here and try and discuss every single name with you, because you would be here till midnight. And for that sake, uh, we are gonna just going to throw these names at you and you can just say, um, once we've read them out, if there's any interest. So um, I'll tell you what, John, you've got the script as well. I'll take the defenders. Um, you can take the midfielders. And you can also take the strikers, John. So you've got the oh, you've done, you've done a whole, you've done a whole uh, Antonio Conte system, have you? You laid it out in the. My, in the, my the worry, though, Lars, is you know, two players per <laughs> position and they're like football manager. Well, listen, we're overstocked <laughs> on the formation. I've got to be honest with you, we've got about 25 <laughs> players here, so we're just going to rattle through them. So um, I'm going to throw some defenders at you, and you can just say if there's a. Yeah, there you go. As a, a yay or a nay. So um, we've got okay. Tarek Lamptey, Philip Kostic, Manuel Lazari, Clement Lenglet. Nikola Belenkovic, Delit, Devry, Ramanoli, Skriniar. Okay, try and remember those. I mean, some of those you've only said the surnames, and I'm not so sure who Maniel Lazari is. So, <laughs> comment on him. <laughs> um, I, can, I can go from short. So we had Tarek Lamptey. Tarek Lamptey, Tottenham have had an interest in him sort of long term um, for quite a while, as a lot of clubs have done. Um, mm. Not at the moment, though, I'm told. I mean, I've asked a couple of questions like that about him in the last few days, and it, I was told that that interest is in the past and, and it's not something that's, that's you know, that anybody's really aware of at the moment. So, as I'll say about him, uh, Clement Longley. I'll make it easy, Phil. I'll, I'll, I'll say the names. You can just say yeah or no if you prefer, or if you want to go on a bit. If you want to obviously talk about them, you're more than welcome to. Go on a bit. I think go I've gone on a bit too much. If you want to go on a bit, it's very nice, isn't it? <laughs> 
Philip, Philip Cost, Philip Cost. If you want to go on a bit about it, if you want to go on a bit about Philip Costage, feel free to do so. <laughs> I'm just, I'm stalling, I'm stalling. Such as the professionalism of this show. If you want to go on a bit, that's that's the new line now. If you want okay, to go on listen, a bit, I'll pick out, I think, I think I'll pick up one of you said Nikola Belenkovic. You said, and yep. that is one that Tottenham did try for in the summer. Um, right, that they were looking at before the Emerson Royale thing emerged. So I think that changed things a little bit. They were looking at Tommy Asu, Milenkovic. So if we get to the summer and Tottenham are looking at centre halves and they really need to bring more in, then then maybe he his name would come back around again. He's not, he's one that Paratici likes, that's for sure. Cool. Skriniar again, top defender. De Vrij was great under to you know Conte. I'm sure these are all players that are going to be on their list to want to look at. Not this month though. Um, yeah, we'll get that bit in there, no, wasn't it? Um, yeah, you can move on to midfielders now. Okay, okay fantastic. Moving on well, to midfielders, three I want you to say no to instantly, so I'll start with those. Okay. Usman Dembele and Isco. No. no. Good, well, that's a good start. <laughs> the third one is Matthias Svanberg. Svanberg? I know him as a player, yeah. Uh, he's good, but I've not heard his name mentioned from Spurs. No, no, not Spurs. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> And then I mean, Dembele, well, I mean, if you've got if you've got if you've got 300, 400 grand a week to pay Dembele, then sure, but I don't think Tottenham will pay that kind of wage. Two forwards as well, Gianluca uh, Skamaka from Serie A and Hugo Ektik, who's been linked with Newcastle over the last 24 hours. Okay, I think it's is it Scamacha you're talking about? Scamacha, pardon me. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Okay. Uh, another good player, not one I men- heard mentioned with Spurs. And Hugo Ekatike is a very uh, interesting one that's emerged. Um, I, I'm not aware of any interest from Tottenham. I mean, scouts from all clubs in the Premier League have, have been looking at this guy only because of the, what should we say, the impact that he's made. I mean, it's, it, in scouting circles, you talk to scouts in the last six months, a number of them have said to me, You've got to have a look at this guy, Ekatike, you know, uh, have a look at what he's doing. I mean, I've only been able to watch him on, on Scout because I use, um, I don't know if you've heard of Scout, the, the, the scouting yeah. software that all the clubs mm-hmm. use. So I, I use that to track players as well and to, to, to get an idea of, you know, who's who's coming through next. And obviously you can watch clips of, of these guys in there. And I've been watching him on there. Very talented. Um, only made his debut in August for Stad Reem. Um, and he scored, I think, eight goals in 17 uh, already set up a load more um, now. Very early days for him. I don't think he will be quite ready to make the jump to the Premier League. But Newcastle are trying to sign him. Um, they've been in talks to sign him. We reported it yesterday. Um, yep. It was one that a number of us at Sky were working on yesterday. Uh, and um, well, I mean, I know Newcastle are on the verge or they're in the process of signing Chris Wood. But we think they're going to sign two strikers or two forwards this this window. So the Ekatike thing is still potentially on the table for them. Um, so he's definitely one to to look out for. A really talented player, but um, I don't think he's going to be coming to Spurs. That's also, a- not, not the price he's been. I mean, <laughs> I should say really actually. I should have said at the beginning. Newcastle's uh, impact in the window is actually quite interesting because because they've got so, a lot of money um, to spend and people know that. Other clubs know that. I don't want to call it a new sort of a Newcastle tax, but mm. obviously, yep. I think clubs have been thinking right. Well, we should be trying to push. If you're selling club, you're going to be thinking. Oh, you're going to, you've got to try and push them as far as we can go with this. Absolutely, yep. So, I mean, Hugo Katike, they're talking about 
potentially 30 million euros, 30, even more than that for this guy, who's only made his debut in August, 19 years old, I think he is. You talk to scouts and recruitment guys at the clubs about this, and 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 you know most of them are pretty astonished that, that that's the kind of figure that we're talking about for this guy. You know, so I think he's, the demands for him are quite overblown, and certainly where Tottenham are concerned, they don't tend to get involved when serious fee, you know fees are seriously inflated like that. You know, they, they obviously want to make good investments, so. Um, he's probably really in a normal market, probably a 15, 16 million pound player at this time, at this point in his career, I think. But but we're talking about a 30 million pound Newcastle. So, so he's an interesting one. Okay, sorry, you told you, yeah, you warned me about going on a bit. I did, didn't I? But, just on FTK, it's the sort of signing whereby that if Leicester made him, he would be unbelievable. He'd hit the ground running. We'd be talking about a guy that's you know going to play for France and Ballon d'Or winner. But if Tottenham signed him, there's a feeling that he would just be a disaster and we'd never get the best out of him. And it's very frustrating because I feel like the club are, are scared of spending money, in effect, because of the long list of disappointments we've had in recent yeah, times. Yeah, I know what you mean. But, it, but it, the, the, the teams that... Actually, the teams that players break through at and make their names at, it, it does provide a context that's quite important, actually, I think. Because, you know, if a player like that breaks, breaks out at, at Leicester... Um, you know, Leicester's not as big a club as Spurs, you know, really. And so the, the, the types of players that you would expect to play for, for both clubs should be slightly different, I think. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's hard to explain what I mean, but I, I know what you mean when you say a player breaking out of Spurs like that, you would think, well, you know, maybe he's not going to be a massive star, where if, he's, if he breaks through a smaller club, actually, he's more talked about because, well, yeah, it, it ties into the history, doesn't it, as well, at the same time. I mean, Tottenham... Tottenham's recruitment hasn't been very good over the last few years. They've, they've brought in a lot of players and you can't say that a large percentage of them have been that successful, I don't think. Lo, one more going to ask... Sorry, one more going to ask you before uh, John asks you a final question. And we haven't mentioned him yet at all. I think we touched on him briefly. Um, Brian Hill, from, of course, Spurs' summer trend, or summer window, um, hasn't really featured that much so far under Antonio Conte. He got, obviously, a run out against Morecambe at the weekend. Um We've got, uh, let's say, one, one of our panel, of course, one of our, our own, Richard Cracknell, says he needs in need of some Wagyu steaks down him to kind of get him bulked up and ready. I've joked and said, you know, Adama Traore's nutritionist could be handy or his coaching staff would be brilliant to bring him down for the gym membership to get uh, Brian Hill ready. I mean, for you yeah. personally, is Brian Hill maybe an option for some clubs during this January window to go and get some real important game time ahead of the pre-season next season? I haven't heard that, no. And, and, and interest, interestingly, actually, because you make a good point that he, again, is a young player that needs to be playing to develop and, and, and you know, start to realise his potential, really. And, um, you know, will he do that at Spurs remains to be seen. I think he was obviously brought in um, under a different manager, you know, playing a slightly different system. So I think he was seen more as, a, well, he was playing as an hour now winger for Sevilla anyway. Um, whereas obviously Conte doesn't play out and out wingers, he plays wing backs and he plays sort of you know more inside forwards. So obviously that's where he needs to be converted. Um, and he is very slight and uh, in his build, and you know that has been an issue for players in the Premier League before. Um, not every Premier League player, but it certainly takes a while, I think, for a player who's physically more slight than the average to get up to speed physically in the league, and it can take a while. I mean. You know, 
it took human son a bit of time to get up to to speed with things physically i think um that's my opinion and and he's not slight you know and uh, lucas moore is, is a bit more slight than um Hyungmin Son, but not as slight as Brian Hill. Yeah, and it took him a while to get up to speed physically in the league, I think. And, mm. and yeah, and especially for you know, especially for foreign players, I think it can be difficult. So um, yeah, I mean, he needs to play a lot, I think, to get up to speed at this level. And uh, you know, maybe somewhere else. Well, yeah, I'm thinking about it. If um, if we were in charge of the recruitment, there might make sense, but I haven't heard that. So okay. No, thank you for answering that. I'll uh, like I say pass over to John quickly. He wants to ask you just one final question before we close the show. Yeah, final one from us, Lyle. So thanks for everything tonight. Much appreciate your insight and I can see the comments. No People are loving it. So thank you so yeah, much. Really good. Uh, last one. How many players do you realistically see Tottenham signing in these remaining 20 days of the January transfer window? No pressure. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I should have expected this. You've this is the one where we, 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 we come back and remind you when you're back on in the summer. In the exact figure. <laughs> Uh, well, at least one, possibly two. I would have thought. I mean, it's January, so I wouldn't expect you know a lot. But um, yeah, like I said, Tottenham want to do business, and they're trying. So one, and, and maybe two. Fantastic, Lol. Okay. Thank you as always for keeping our feet firmly on the ground. We have never, like I say, <laughs> no in problem. these last five or six years. Uh, after listening to you, we then all calm ourselves down and realise just that we've got on our hands here for the next however many days left of this window. It's 20 at the moment. Um, before I give everyone a chance to know, obviously, where we can find you, John, lovely to have you back on the show. I know it's been a while. Um, we're going to be following closely, John, obviously, your Twitter feed because, um, as Lara reported earlier about Dinamar Candy, as far as he understands, um, there is no news on that new contract. Where can uh, we find you, John, and where can we hear the latest about what's going to happen with Dinamar Candy? Yeah, it's uh, at Lily White underscore Rose and also uh, Lily White Rose is also our podcast that we do, weekly podcast on Tottenham youth exclusively, match reports, information coming out of the club. Um, and it's been really good for the youth in the last couple of weeks. So let's build on that. Hopefully a few more players will get the opportunity to go out on loan uh, in the coming weeks. And uh, yeah, lots to look forward to. So fingers crossed and hopefully Mark Handy does sign that new deal and is afforded opportunities at Tottenham, his boyhood club. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. And like I say, make sure you check that weekly podcast out. Fantastic. Uh, Lyle, the comments and love are pouring in for you here. Um, I can't wait now to have some transfers come our way and we can thank you all so much. It was down to you that you said Spurs will be active. Where can we find <laughs> Lyle Thomas on social media? Lyle, tell us where we can find you. Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. Um, yeah, Sky Sports Lyle. That's where to find, uh, well, yeah, that's where to find me and my 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 work and, and Sky and the work that we do at Sky Sports News. That's where you will find um, hopefully the, uh, the 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 most accurate and, and the transfer news um, that's out there. Absolutely. And, and also watch you... Sky Sports News. So yes, we Channel will 409. be. <laughs> we'll be keeping the 24-hour clock going on Sky Sports News. Is the yellow tie still a thing? Oh, we seeing yellow ties on the deadline day. Is that still still yellow ties? Well, we'll see. I can't possibly. I can't possibly have all. That's a secret. You know. Trust you to leave us on a cliffhanger. I'm not wearing yellow today, but maybe there is yellow in my wardrobe. Who knows? I love it. Look at that. Leaving Sorry, us. my colour yellow. I think. <laughs> leaving us in suspense right to the very end. The wonderful Lyle Thomas, and like I say, um, from John, from Lyle, from me, guys, keep safe, keep well. We are back with you tomorrow night. Our third show of four this week. Fingers crossed. We're talking about Tottenham Hotspur. Hopefully making a cup final. A big, big night ahead for Tottenham. Like I say, from John, from Lyle, from me. Guys, keep safe, keep well. And as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.
It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.